This is the Masters of Fitness Podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Masters of Fitness Podcast, episode 30. And we have something new for you guys today, right? Do y'all see anything yeah. different? What's different about us today, Thad? Look at our surroundings. New fancy surroundings. Look at we, us. We're we, fancy in there, aren't we? We finally get to uh, utilize this nice little billboard you made for us that light yeah. illuminates. Yeah. Look. Nice. The LED lighting was kicking your behind. It was breaking on you, <laughs> breaking on me every five minutes, but we got it together. I got it. So shout out to the guys at A to Z Studios. Man, we have a nice podcast set up here. We're in the uh, new Bigger Digs. We have the nice little background screen back there. So, uh, yeah. So if you guys are thinking about doing a podcast or just want to use the recording studio, man, come check us out over here at A to Z Podcast. And so, man, we got a, uh, got some special guests today. What we got on the show today, Thad? These are your, your special guests. Thad's normally the, yeah. uh, he's the popular guy in Beaumont. He knows everybody. I don't know too many people. Yeah, I don't know so about he all make, that. So he makes all the important calls and gets everybody on the show, man. So introduce the guest today, all Thad. All right. I was, uh, I was contacted by this guy over here the, a little while back about wanting to get into the podcast business. And uh, so I said, why don't y'all just come on on the show and see what this thing's all about? So we got Daryl Miller over here, and you got Roy Lassiter. Roy is a... Um, We'll we'll uh we'll let everybody let him tell us what he's all about here in a minute. All right, Roy, tell the people about yourself, Roy. What you got this going on? This is a soccer on, show. Who are, who are you? Who are you? We're talking about so yeah. Today the show will be about soccer and overall athletic performance because I'm a firm believer. Like my kids played soccer. They've been playing soccer since they was three. I just think it's just a good foundational sport for kids to get into. So kind of dig a little deeper into soccer. What these guys got going over at Mid County Gulf Coast Soccer, and uh, just take a deep dive into the whole organization and youth sports. How, do, how does that sound today? Sounds guys? good, guys. Sounds good. All right. So both of y'all, tell us about yourselves, man. Who are you? What are you? Who are you? What are y'all? What y'all got going on? The whole nine yards. Good. Well, first of all, um, I will. I thank you for having us out here. Appreciate mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, my, my name is Roy Lasseter. I'm the director of coaching for Gulf Coast Soccer Club. Um, I have been playing professional soccer for 14 years. Uh, played um, in Costa Rica for three years. Okay. Played in Italy for a year. Played in Major League Soccer for nine years. Um, played at North Carolina State University. And uh, been coaching for now 16 years. Okay. I'm um, almost 17 and started out as a director. Probably the wrong thing to do. You know? <laughs> uh, it would have been better just to get my feet wet a little bit, do a little bit of coaching first. But no, I had to. You jump straight into the water. Jump huh? right straight into the leadership It's kind of like just, I'm just going to be a straight GM. I don't yeah. want to coach. Don't yeah. want to scout. No, no. <laughs> Messed up more than I got right. Hey, yeah. that's, how, that's how you learn, though, yeah. man. That's how you learn. Yeah. So Yeah, but it, it, it was fun. Um, that, that curve of understanding, you know, was a little bit wide, you mm-hmm. know, <laughs> because I didn't have a mentor, right? Oh, didn't, okay. didn't have somebody that, you know, I followed. Show you the ropes. That's right. Show me how to do it. I just wanted to get in there. And, and definitely at that time, I was a better soccer player than I was a coach <laughs> uh, at that time. So uh, over the years, uh, I've gotten a little bit better at it. And now I'm a better coach than I am a soccer player. So I, I think that's the, the right progression okay. of it. That's the right look. So now I'm just keep teaching young players and educating uh, adults alike mm-hmm. as well, educating coaches also, uh, just giving them my past experiences, good and bad, you know, good corrected and, and errors all together. And uh, just so they can get it right for our players at, okay. at the end of the day it's all about the players that's it all about the kids sometimes as parents we forget that it's about the kids that's right so all right Darrell, what about you man 
Well, I'll make my uh, my living outside of uh, sports. I, uh-huh. uh, I work in industrial automation, uh, so I have a I have a day job. But I got involved with sports probably 25 years ago through my okay. kids, like a lot of people do, volunteering to coach and helping out and do whatever need to be done. Next thing you know, you're one of the more experienced people. <laughs> Everybody's looking to you for answers and how to how to do things. And uh, so I, I jumped in and uh, you know started helping. In the last few years, my kids have been playing at, at Gulf Coast, and I've helped them kind of you know op- operate the club and do strategic planning and trying okay. to figure out how to raise the level in our club and in our region and things like that so that's how roy and i cross paths you know just uh, looking for somebody to come in and fill this role that we had okay. at the club and help us take it to the next level so y'all like the dynamic duo right here yeah. huh? progressing <laughs> soccer in the area that's good yeah so roy how is it going from being a player to transition to be a coach because every every player can't be a coach right so how does it, when did that light switch be like, okay, I can't be a player and put these expectations that, you know, like as a player, you expect certain things, you know how to do it. So it seemed like you would get kind of like have that impatience. How did you, what was, what was the hardest thing making that transition over into coaching and directing from being just a straight player? Well, first of all, it, it was a difficult transition from being a, not being a professional athlete, mm-hmm. first of all. Um, I had to transition myself for that. Um, so it took a little bit of adaptation for me to do that. Um, for me, as a as a as a coach, um, I had to learn a lot of things, and uh, I, you know, as a player, uh, so it just didn't start when I finished, uh, you know, soccer. Mm-hmm. It, it, it was going on when I was a, an athlete. You know, I was a reader of the game. I was a student of the game. So I studied the game. Then I always watched coaches uh, in my latter part of uh, my career just watched how coaches did things mm-hmm. um, and then wanted to have a rhyme and reason why they did things. You know, when I was a younger plan, coach told me to do something, I just do it. Yeah. But then I started looking at things and like, why is coach doing it like this? And why is he doing it like that? And then trying to analyze it too. And then trying to say, well, if I had the training session, this is how I would do it. Mm-hmm. And just, just all those kind of things. And, and as a, as a forward player, I, I was always studying, studying movement because as a forward, you, you, you don't have the ball much. Yeah. So, so you have to, you know, it's a lot of movement off the ball. Uh, the midfielders usually have the ball the most. Defenders usually have the ball the most. The strikers mm-hmm. usually, usually do not. And so. Um, so for the non-soccer folks, how does, what does the forward actually, when they're looking at a soccer game, what, is, what would the forward be position? The forward be position close to the goal. So close to the goal, okay. So the forward is the person that scores, okay. scores the goals. Or the, the, one of their, their main objectives is to score. Okay. Put the ball in the back of the All goal. right. So that, that's, that's what how you make y'all, that's how y'all make y'all money. That's right. So, okay. So, so that's, <laughs> you know, you're, you're, it's, it's a lot more pressure as, it, as you get closer to the, to the goal, to the objective, mm-hmm. like any, any other sport. And so uh, I studied it then. Uh, I was around a lot of midfielders that were high caliber, man, world cup, world class players. I mean, you go to their countries, they got statues when you arrive yeah. at the airport, you know, that, that, <laughs> that, that, that kind of stuff, yes, that kind of yeah. status, you know, so I'm learning from these guys. And when I was, when I was younger as a professional, I didn't have those type of players around me. Mm-hmm. But then as I got older, I started having those real special players that I knew that all I needed was somebody like that to really make my career go. And so, so I kind of already was, was in that type. Okay. And, and to be, to be a coach, man, you got to kind of be a, a person that, uh, it's kind of a people person because, uh, all people are going to be different. You got to have that patience. Like you talk about, you definitely have that because, uh, as a, as a, as an athlete, as a professional athlete, you expect most, most, that's why you don't have most professional athletes 
high-end professional athletes as youth coaches because yeah, it does take that patience, <laughs> yeah. right? There's a breakdown of it. There's a huge breakdown of how a person actually traps the ball and kicks the ball and shoots the ball. It's big. And most of those, most of those players, they don't have – they don't have the patience for it. They expect to get you, and you already know how to pass, and you already know how to already shoot. Already know how to do everything. Already know how to yeah. do everything. So it, it's a, it does take some patience. Okay. What about you, Darren? Any experience coaching? or you just... Well, I've been coaching uh, for over 25 years. So okay. I started out and just continued just to be in a continuous learner. Uh, you know, whatever my kids play, they played every sport, but I've <laughs> always just tried to learn as much as I can so I could be the best I could be, and, and, and I've always looked to – people who had more knowledge and experience than I had to try to learn from. So, but that, but I've been coaching for, for quite a while. Okay, good. So a lot of experience in youth sports over here and just sports overall. So why soccer? Why, why soccer? Why, why, what drew you guys to soccer? What drew your kids to soccer? And what drew you to soccer? Um, well, I'll tell you what, I started playing uh, multiple sports mm-hmm. uh, as a young athlete, as a young person, I was uh, playing basketball and baseball and soccer. And I was playing those three sports. And um, soccer just got the better end of it because that was just a sport that was always moving. Mm -hmm. It was always going. I started as a young age at five years old. I started in the boys club when I was seven years old. Mm -hmm. When I started scoring goals, I really just liked that part. I was still raw as a player, just a runner. An athlete. I was an athlete. I was just an athlete. Mm -hmm. No one really said, hey, hold, (laughs) let me me get you better and and, and worked on my details. But – no, I, you know, started in the boys club and I just really liked it and I just kept going with it and going with it and I felt successful in it. Obviously, if I didn't, I probably would have quit, but mm-hmm. I, I just felt successful in it. And I just had to be moving. <clears throat> Baseball had to be the pitcher or the shortstop. Yeah. I could, couldn't just be in the outfield waiting for a ball. Because not so many kids hitting the ball that deep. Yeah, yeah. And I, you know, waiting to be fast and get, <laughs> catch, on, catch on to the ball. Uh, football wasn't even in the, in the, in the equation because – most people don't get to touch the ball in the football, so yeah. didn't like that. And but basketball, I did like a lot. You know, I was very fond of basketball. I like that. Similar movements to soccer helps with fitness. But I really did like basketball. I just found out that, you know, I probably wasn't going to be six three, six four. So I know, yeah. <laughs> so, so you know, that that kind of went out the window. But I just stuck with soccer. Okay, cool, cool. And why did you push your kids towards soccer? Did you push them towards it? Did they no, naturally I, gravitate towards it? I encouraged it? my kids to play everything. Okay. I, when they were young, I encouraged them to, to experiment and pl- play multiple sports, and, and they and they did. Uh, my oldest one didn't play soccer as much. She liked basketball and volleyball. Mm-hmm. The two younger ones really liked soccer a lot, and uh, they, you know, they got in it, so it, it kept me involved in it, you know. But then over a period of years, you know, you become a big fan of the game, too. It's a fascinating game. It's a... Uh, it's it's something I've really uh, enjoy more and more. So it's it's been fun to be involved in it. I remember they had the what's that Manchester Derby came to the uh, Reliance Stadium. And I had to get tickets. And it was the whole and I've never seen that level of soccer. You know, you see it on TV. So you don't have I don't want to say not say a lack of respect, but just don't understand how much of an athlete these guys are. And just seeing them move on the field blew my me and my buddy was like, man, okay, <laughs> we didn't know we didn't know when to cheer or when not to cheer. So we just kind of just like followed the crowd. But it was an amazing sport. Like just to see. The speed, the athleticism, and just understanding the game of soccer was huge, man. It was, like you said, just seeing that next level of players come down and play. Like, these guys can play football if they wanted to. Yeah. Yeah, these, yeah. Uh, these ain't no, this ain't, you know, just some little people playing soccer out here, though. So, so uh, go ahead. I want to ask Roy, uh, at what point and did you finally, did you figure out that, that soccer was going to be it? You know, you, don't, you played all these other sports and the, 
at one point in time, something had to happen, and you're like, all right, this is it. We're going for it. <laughs> uh, there were several things that happened. First of all, uh, still playing all three of those sports uh, nearly up until high school. Uh, well, I start figuring out basketball. I just, you know, uh, I was going to be the point guard, and that's going to be about it, mm -hmm. you know. Um, you can be shoveling I, the ball I, I, off to I, everybody I, else to yeah, score. Yeah, huh? I think I was a better passer and a dribbler than I was a shooter. Mm -hmm. um, football was just not happening. I just didn't, didn't you know. <laughs> wasn't getting with it. I was going to either be the quarterback mm -hmm. or I was going to be the wide receiver. I definitely wasn't going to be the running back because I wasn't all stocky and <laughs> yeah, strong. No. And, uh, so I, I just figured out that that wasn't going to happen. And, and then soccer, I just took to it because, you know, I, 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 I was fast. I used those virtues of mine to, to get behind players and to get by players. And I like manipulating the ball and dribbling. Um, and then I like shooting. So I would say around the high school is where I cut things off and just stay just with soccer. And this was before high school, right? Mm -hmm. just, okay. just before high school, I said, I want to do this. Um, and, you know, that's, that, that, that's how that came about. Yeah. And it's, it's a good thing that both of y'all said, both of y'all kids, you played all sport and both of your kids played all sports. So why do you think now is such a pressure to specialize? Like my kids, like they, my kids play all sports. So like you play baseball and it's, oh man, we got to play baseball year round, sign up for this league. Why is it such an emphasis now on specializing in one sport at such an early age as compared to back in the day? Well, um, I, I, think, uh, I think there's just not too many people that can – do multiple sports and be very very good at it mm. i mean when you gonna be youth and then your parents are paying a lot of money for you to yes. play <laughs> in these sports um you know they're, they're probably gonna they're, they're looking at your talents too yeah. so they're not they're not going around throwing you know two three thousand dollars around and saying uh let's just see if you're gonna be good and they can kind of tell where you are and where mm -hmm. your interests are listen no one is going to throw you anywhere you either you want to be good at it or not, you know, your parents has got to say, hey, here's the opportunity. You can have it. But at the end of the day, if they see that your interest is not there, then they're probably not going to continue to do that. They're going to put you in environments that is just better to for succeed, tailored, yeah. tailored right. for you and then go from there. Um, you got to be the, the athlete has to be able to fall in love with the sport. Mm -hmm. That That's when they're going to grow the most. Right. Not pushing them. Hey, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go there. And, and I tell you why um, now that our country is getting a little bit better is because we're having a little bit more of educated instructors. Mm -hmm. We're a little bit better in, in our education. Um, it, was a, it, was a, it was a failure for the U.S. national team to not qualify for the World Cup. That's yeah, that was... <laughs> It was a, it was tough. That's because that's when we get that's when we get excited for soccer. The one time we get excited for it is when the World Cup comes up or the Olympic comes up. That's that's correct. And when and, and you know you know America has so many sports, man. I mean, yeah, we're, we're we're good in a lot of things. Everything, I mean, yeah. So America, soccer not there is okay. We're gonna go and watch football. We're gonna go right. watch swimming now. That's so right. yeah, that's right. we're we're in everything. You go Olympics. We're we're in everything. Americans are around all over. Yeah, they got all kind of sports, um, but. You know, uh, when when we we're athletic, we got good athletes. We got all these facilities. We got all this technology. Mm -hmm. We got we got we got we everything. Can, we can analyze everything: kick speed, spins, <laughs> turn rate, everything. 
touch rate, every whatever you name, we got a stat, a computer that could analyze it and tell you what your kid good at and good at. Correct, correct. But at the end of the day, it's that it's that player, it's that it's that child. Do they love the sport? Do they love the sport? Yeah. You know, I I, I got a child too. My uh, you know, I got a son that's twenty six. I got a daughter that's fourteen. Mm-hmm. Um, so my my son uh, plays with the Houston Dynamo. Okay, in, cool. In Major League Soccer, he's been playing now since he was nineteen. He's twenty six now. But you know, growing up, I I I didn't. I showed him everything. I didn't let him get into any organized mm-hmm. soccer until after I got a hold of him and could see what he liked to, and could be around him. So I was his companion for for soccer. Yeah. Some, some have siblings, but that it was just him and I. Mm-hmm. And so teaching him, and I wanted to teach him the right way, the fundamentals, the basic principles. And so just just having that for him until he really got into organized soccer. He, he 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 was he became really wise the first time I stuck him the one time I did stick him into a, a recreational environment and he saw everybody just following the ball right mm-hmm. just but he became smart and he was like just looking at him and it's like why are they why are they just doing that until the ball pops out and then he goes to get it then he runs down the field then puts the ball in the back yeah. of the okay intelligent <laughs> but but no one taught him that I just yeah. I just stuck him on the field stuck him on the field yeah but they got to fall in love with it though okay that's some good advice. This one, just watch your kids, just watch what they like, just see what they naturally gravitate towards and fall in love with. So good, good stuff. Yeah. So soccer, just taking, 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 keeping it in the same tone that you guys will just discussing. And soccer is a huge sport worldwide. You leave out of the U.S. is soccer, soccer, South America, Asia, Europe, Australia. Soccer, soccer, soccer. Why? <coughs> We don't have that hype here, and this, like you say, you have Gulf Coast uh, soccer, we have Beaumont youth soccer, which are pretty big. So, what do you think we? How can we elevate that to get our athletes to stick with soccer? I just, I just more, you know, like you say. So, we have the facilities, we have top notch everything here, but it seemed like it's somewhere along the way we just like people like, oh well, no more soccer. We're gonna put you in football, put you in baseball. Well, first of all, it goes back to uh, educating the the instructor. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, we got to have better educated coaches, um, and not only educating our coaches, we have to educate our parents because mm. the parents are are there too. And the game is evolving, and so parents can they they can kind of see things and you know understand things by seeing. But we want to educate them uh, more in depth into the game because they're they're ultimately going to go away and have their own child they're going to be with their child more than that we're going to be with them as coaches and instructors we have to continue to educate ourselves as coaches and as we continue to educate ourselves then we can educate our players and then we can educate our parents but until then it, it becomes tough and we go well you know what happened here? Well, I mean, why is it why is it so big in all these yeah. other places? And then over here in the U.S., no. Well, one of my, one thing we got a lot of we got a lot of sports. Okay, we got a lot of sports, yeah. man. They can pick a lot of things to from do. six years old. You can pick twenty different sports you want to play: equestrian and swimming and <laughs> gymnastics <laughs> and just everything, man. And they all cost money. And, ooh, more than soccer. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, they all cost money. <laughs> more than soccer. Don't get me started on gymnastics. That's a money grab. <laughs> oh, yeah, God, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Okay, you got to my bad. You got to pay to play for Ooh. for gymnastics. I think it's evolution too. You know, you look at the, you know, soccer in this country is about where basketball and the 
or NBA was back in the 50s or the okay. League baseball and the National Football League within the 30s and 40s. And they're going through that now. They're trying to get into Europe. The NBA is going to Europe. Ah, yes, what you're saying. Yeah. So in those countries where soccer is dominant, they probably fit, they probably think the same thing. What's it going to take? How it to takes to get back? So I see what you're yeah. saying. So it's kind of we just yeah. just behind in the in the popularity of the sport. Whereas we just okay. Soccer was basically it come from Europe, right? So mm-hmm. it's been there for 150 years. It's been here for roughly 30 or 40 40. Okay, 40, that makes that makes a, that's a great way to put it. We just like yeah. you say, if you take. How other countries look at basketball and maybe even baseball. They're trying to say, well, why isn't it as popular here? Okay, that makes makes more you sense. Know, you now. want to talk about being popular in these other countries. Roy said you played in uh, Costa Rica, right? Yes. yes. Okay. <clears throat> I went to Costa Rica. I don't know. It's been six, seven years ago. And we were down, like, we were in some small areas, you know, down in the, the peninsula. and. Mm-hmm. We we went a lot of places and normal tourists probably wouldn't go, but you'd be going through all these middle of all these little towns. Every single one of them, right in the middle of town, yes. would have a big church soccer and a field. soccer field <laughs> for sure. Right in the middle, and it was there was people everywhere at every single one of them you went to. That's right, and, and, and it listen, was really cool to see. And listen, it's, I mean, we got a ton of kids that play soccer in mm-hmm. America. You know, they you. I, I guarantee you, you go up to most kids, and I, I bet one or three, one out of if if, they, if three sports is going to be soccer that they play. Oh yeah, they probably play. My boys love soccer. Yeah, they, they ask to play soccer every every season. They do. So they do. So it, so again, it goes back to you know the mentor that they have around them. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we we have to make it enjoyable. We have to continue to make it enjoyable, and we have to teach the details to our to our players. If we bypass that. Then they fail, and they want to get out of sport quick. They'll they'll be they'll be out yeah. by ten, eleven, twelve. They're already out, and we're like, why? You know, I think sometimes our parents are so you know you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to be perfect and you got to do this. And they don't give the kids time to just perfect the game and learn it. That's correct. And can't out athlete everything. And we got to do it the right way as coaches, right? We got to make sure we put the players first. We the coach can't be the first. See the now the now the main focus on the field may be. Uh, that the coach has good uh, learning education because <laughs> without that, then can't educate the player, right? Yeah. I mean, how am I? If average person just can't just hop on the field and start teaching if they haven't played the game or haven't yes, educated right. themselves, so it, it starts with the coach, and then as the as the coach starts to instruct, then. You know, it's it's almost like, well, coach, you get on the field and see how you play. Look, man, I didn't even think, I didn't even realize how <laughs> hard this game was. Yeah. You know, when I was when I was a professional, no, because I prepared for it, right? But now that I'm not on the field now, and I get on it occasionally, and I can play it occasionally, I'm like, man, this game is hard. It's hard. You well, you're not you're not conditioned for it, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. I wouldn't even I wouldn't even attempt to go out on a soccer field. Yeah, my buddy tried to get me to play. I've never played soccer before. Watch it all the time. Enjoy watching it. He tried to get me to come out and say, man, I'm not about to blow a hamstring. (laughs) First thing I do out there is get out there, try to overrun, overkick the ball, and embarrass myself. So I actually saw it was playing indoor, Uh and I went to the – I went and watched him play. And I was in that thing. It's going to be some some, – it was our Exxon Mobile League, but it was some, you know, we have a very multicultural company. And so I went in there thinking it would be some guys in the North Place like, nah, these dudes knew what they was doing. Yeah. I was like, okay, like like we like you say, like how we look at a group of guys going to play pickup basketball, they was taking pickup soccer seriously. I walked in there with my bag, my shoes, I sat down, watched for fifteen minutes, Careful. got up and walked out. <laughs> <laughs> Not about to embarrass old Ernest out here today. So <laughs> So what? So, so how are y'all doing things at uh, over there at Gulf Coast Soccer? What makes y'all? What makes y'all soccer uh, league so popular over there? What have y'all done to kind of help grow the sport in Mid County? 
Well, uh, I think first of all, it's uh, getting all our, our staff all, all on the same page. That's first and foremost, uh, creating a methodology. Uh, uh, we have to think the same. We have to understand the game the same. Um, we have to break the game down the same. We have to have game models and training models and player development models, just so player, just so coaches can understand. So my main job is to coach the coach, train the coach, educate the coach. Um, and yes, I'm director of coaching. That doesn't mean I'm going to be able to hit every player. My, my my main thing is to to be very very close to the coaches. Yeah. And and help them out as much as I can. Um, demonstrate, illustrate. I do training sessions as well, coaching education, seminars, um, and really really show how our game model and our principles of how we want to play. In Gulf Coast, we want to have a style about what we want to do. Um, and that style incumbents a lot of principles of the game, basic principles of the game, so everybody can understand. This is from rec, this is select, this is uh, academy, and, and into our premier type uh, uh, programs. Mm -hmm. So w we want to do that. We want to create an intelligent player. And, and we, one says, all right, what's, what's intelligence? Well, intelligence is kind of decision making. Mm -hmm. And in order to make a very good decision, you got to be aware. You got to be able to see. Doesn't you don't have to be fast for that? You don't have to be big and strong for that. You don't have to be tall for that. So, so those those are just hereditary traits that one has. We want to build an intelligence so that they are cognizant of it. Mm, they're, they're the thinking, thinking part of it. Thinking part of it. And once they get the thinking part of it down, that's it. They do it unconsciously. They do things unconscious, movement unconscious. Uh, they they can start to work on their technique because we want their technique. It has to be combined with technique mm -hmm. as well, uh, because that comes passing and shooting and dribbling and all those kind of things. And we want to continue to work on those at at a, at a young age. And and so that's that's really what it's all about. And it's a, it's a lot of meetings. <laughs> it is yeah. a lot of meetings. You know, small meetings, big meetings, but. We, uh, we got to get on the same it's page. It's the dedication. It the is. dedication, the one, the synergy, as some would say, into, in regards to right purpose and direction. Well, Correct. you know, the, the fact that, they, that they're going through, uh, the, the amount of trouble that they're going through to educate everybody, the coaches, the players, everybody, that really says a lot. You know, I'm, I'm a baseball guy. I've played baseball all my life and everything. Now, right now, I'm helping coach a, a little league baseball team. Little League Baseball, the only thing they're going to give you for education is a rule book. <laughs> <laughs> you see what I'm saying here? Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I'm not talking bad about baseball. Baseball's been around for a long time. But you get out here in these leagues and you go watch a lot of these games. And uh, sometimes you almost feel sorry for the kids because you know they're not getting coached mm -hmm. right. You know, they got some guy, some dad out there coaching this this little seven- and eight-year-olds or – or um, you get up to the nine and ten year olds that never really played the game before and don't even know the fundamentals, mm -hmm. or how you to know. relate that to a seven year old. Yes, correct, <laughs> correct. It's not just you know? about. It's not like you ain't gonna coach yeah. a seven year old like you coach a sixteen, seventeen year old. Yes, no. yeah. No. I mean, no. me personally, right? I'm, right now, I'm dealing with uh, nine and ten year olds or eight. And, Dad, we know nine. how you coach. Yeah, <laughs> I know but how I you like coach. It, that. You know? I mean, they're they're really cool to deal with at this age. You know, I mean, they look at you, their eyes. Most of the time, their eyes yeah. are all wide. You know, yeah. and they're like, "Oh, you do this? Oh, yeah. Okay." Yeah. You know, they're, yes. yes, sir. I'm gonna go do it. You know, they're 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 really moldable at this age. Yeah, 
I think the best thing is is try not to be so vague with the with your instructions uh, mm. to to our players. They need they need details, and that takes constant monetization from a leader. Yeah, I yeah. think that's always, impressive. Always have to be there at training. Always have to be monitoring. Always have to be uh, involved. Maybe there are times that I just jump in there now. Always be respectful of the coach. Coach, you mind if I jump in for about ten, ten, five, ten minutes mm-hmm. with them? Oh yeah, do it. Mm-hmm. And I jump in there and I do something with them and I go to another uh, training session and I and I see all the training sessions yeah. every, every night and then i'm at the games on the weekend because i want that to translate i want yes. that right. to translate from training to game and the things yeah. that and that's and that's why we have models you know this is we we uh, want to play like this but before we can play like this we have to train like this, this so it comes out in the game and that's what those are for some good stuff like because you're right like most of the time the coach will tell you kick the ball harder <laughs> go score a goal. Keep it like, eh, yeah, I, don't know. Yeah. I don't know how to kick it harder. Yeah. <laughs> go track that ball down. Go track that ball <laughs> down. I'm about uh, 20 yards yeah. from there. <laughs> don't, chase the, don't chase the other guy at the ball. Well, what yeah, I'm supposed yeah, to do, coach? Yeah, exactly. It's a soccer ball. I'm supposed to hit it. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> I remember one guy told me he, when my daughter was playing softball, he was like, man, I thought I could never hit a baseball because I was always striking out, always striking out, until I realized I never had nobody really coach me on how to hit a ball. And like that was saying, a lot of these kids who love the game – love soccer, baseball, whatever game it may be, get left behind because they aren't those, like you say, they don't pick things up naturally. So the coaches tend to not spend the time with teaching them those fundamentals and they unfairly get left out of the game because they aren't taught the right way at an early age. Like giving that direction like you guys offer in your soccer league. So that's real good. uh, softball and and basketball as well and Mm -hmm. i used a lot of the things i learned coaching soccer because the education in soccer was a lot better and translated that into how i how i ran training sessions Mm -hmm. and those other sports and things so it all crossed over coaching is coaching is like leadership it all crosses over like how can i translate this down to each kid because each kid is going to receive something differently true you can't coach every kid the same way some kid might be out there playing in the field so you gotta you gotta approach him differently it's not that he's not interested Especially at a young age, you got to grab his attention. That and is, it can be tough, but you got to be patient with it, though. That is correct. You got to be correct. patient with it, though. So. The biggest thing about soccer, too, is it's a player's game. It's mm-hmm. not a coach-driven game. There's no timeouts. There's no play. Man, that's – yeah. That's, so <laughs> the player has to be trained to yeah. read and make decisions and execute the game. No matter how much you want to manipulate the game from the sideline, it's you, very, very difficult. And that's the one thing I learned about soccer is when you're watching a good soccer match, you can't you, – there's no taking a break. You sit there, you glued in <laughs> until – and that's what and that's what one uh, sportscaster says. Say everybody should love soccer because there's no commercial breaks. That's it's right. literally just action for what forty five minutes. Then you got yeah. the extra time, yeah. the half, then another forty five minutes, and that's it. And there's that's no right. substitutions. It's just like man, the go first, go go. First time I, I watched a soccer game and the guy got hurt in the game and everybody just run past him. He's just laying on the ground. <laughs> and they're not going to take a timeout or nothing. <laughs> just roll his roll his behind <laughs> off the field and let's keep it moving. Yep. So I like that. So man, that's good. Just so. In y'all's particular league, I remember you mentioned the different levels of like right play, select, premier. So it kind of explain how that all breaks down to people. Well, I mean, all players develop at different times and different, okay. you know, different moments uh, during their youth careers. And uh, at Golf Coast Soccer Club, we, we want to have a place for every single player. Um, even though a player may be uh, on one team, there's still uh, variations of talent on each team. And we want to put like talented players together. 
we feel that they grow better together when they do that. It doesn't allow the coach that says, oh, well, you know what, we can't teach you this because um, there are about three or four players that maybe can't get this and can't do that. And no, 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 we, that, and that is for, that's why we have to really monitor our players, know where they are, should be. We have evaluations two, three times a year just so we're educating our players on where they are, educating our parents on where their players are. Mm -hmm. So they don't hear for the first time when it comes up to a tryout and, oh, my kid didn't make the team. Why is that? And you never sat down with them. You never helped them. You never told them what their deficiencies were. You never gave them three or four things to really work mm -hmm. on for that next moment when they when now they got to make a decision if you're going to make that team for next year. We, we want that education the whole entire year. For me, the kind of shouldn't be any tryouts but you know because you should know where that player is yeah you, you should know, know where your son if, if they haven't put the time in or develop those skills then don't don't let them no, not saying don't have them try out but just let's continue to develop their skills so they could eventually be at that level right that's correct because then you then you get a kid that's just discouraged that's right that's right they so, think so so there are different levels yeah and and we want to put players um in the level where where they can get in and they can adapt fast and they can grow. It's all about advancement. We want them to move. We don't really want them to stay stagnant um, where they are. Mm -hmm. We want them to develop, to get it and go. Players that are put in too high of an age group, they tend to crash after a couple of years. They can tend to like, oh, I don't get it anymore. Or I'm not fast enough anymore. Um, so, so you know, where would you put that player then? So we want, it, it is it's very critical. It's, it's like school. It's yeah. like school. It's like education in school. We want to put the right the player in the right environment for their development. We don't we we don't need them to play two years up just to make the team good. Yeah, <laughs> you, know, it, 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 you know, just make the numbers. Yeah, right? makes the numbers. Yeah. Let's let's develop them at a uh... at, at the right age, right time when they're when they're good. To, and we go, hey, if this player is doing really really good, they're really really developing. Um, past the other players, well, maybe we let them practice with a higher level team. That's or a good point, team. but not play with them. Just not, practice, not, not, see how in, they until we see yeah. how they do. We, we don't, we don't, we don't put too much on them. And then as we see them developing a little bit more, okay, maybe you do go to one game. You know, you go to a game with an uh, older team, mm -hmm. a higher level. You go, you go to that game, and then you be a part of that environment and see how that environment is. So we take little incremental steps with their development. It's just like ne uh, another level. Everybody says, hey, I want to get you to your another level. Well, the never, another level could be as thin as a piece of paper. Right. You know? Yeah. And that is another level. Cool. So we have a question. We're going to switch. I have a question from Mr. Chris Hanna. Uh, no, I'm talking from uh, Lisa Allen. She asked a question. How is Gulf Coast uh, keeping their parents interested in coaching? That seems to be kind of a, I don't want to say an issue we have, but, you know, we always, you always get that email when we're searching for coaches here in Beaumont. So how are you keeping your guys interested in coaching? What are y'all doing? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if that's a good smirk or we a bad smirk. We are. It is. It is. A, it is a challenge because people are. A lot of people are are busier all the time. You have mom and dad are both working, and sometimes they're working shift work or mm -hmm. turnarounds and things like that in the area that we're, that we're Man, in. Man, you, you 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 hit the nail on the head. Exactly. It's a bunch of refinery workers exactly. shift working. And we always have more kids uh, than we have have coaches. So what we do is is we we. You know, Roy puts together the uh, the session plans for for all the different teams of all the levels, in, including the recreational, 
and he sends those out every week. We do coaching education for them. We have one of our staff coaches that's assigned to be a, a director of coaching just for the recreational. Okay. And he, he roams around, gets to know the coaches, understands what their strengths and weaknesses are, kind of helps them get up to speed and start having success as quickly as we can. Uh, we're also starting up a, a junior coach program, which is really intended for high school age kids who are players who either need volunteer hours or they okay. or they want to make some extra money or something like that. We can put them in a program where they maybe you have a mom or dad that, that know another sport that don't know soccer and get somebody to come out there that knows the game a little bit and kind of help them out. So we do we try to be as creative as, as we can to make it interesting and easy for uh, for volunteer coaches in the recreational program to come up to speed and have success. Yeah, that was always my biggest fear of coaching is I want to do it, but I know I'm one call, one phone call away from not having a practice. And that's my biggest thing is <laughs> having a kid miss practices. Like my wife said, you need the coach, you need the coaches. I would love to, but I just don't have don't have the time, you know what I'm saying, to dedicate to it. So right. it's tough because you love, like you said, it's fun working with kids. It's not a good excuse, though, not having time. <laughs> you know, it's, you're right. It's not. It's not. It's not. It's not. But. I don't ever want to shortchange the kids, you know yeah. what I'm saying, by having a council practice. But that's, but you're right, there's no excuse. I always tell parents because sometimes you have f four and five and six year old kids, and parents say, Well, I can't do it because I don't know anything about it. I'm like, Do you enjoy playing with your kids? Can you go outside? Do they enjoy playing? Well, if you can do that, you can coach four and five year olds because the main yeah. thing they need to do is have fun, and we can give you all the tools you need to, to, uh, to, to do that. So, yeah, I do provide those tools for parents. It's okay, I'm a parent. My kids are six years old, never played soccer. They want to play soccer, but I really want to get involved. So y'all do provide those trainings, Absolutely. those tools to kind of help a parent come out there and actually know what they're talking about, know what they're doing, and kind of get a, have an idea the of the sport. The area is evolving. and Now you have second generation and probably soon to have third generation players in our mm -hmm. club where their parents or their grandparents played. So it's not as bad as it maybe used to be. So yeah. it's it's moving there. So it's, it's got to give it time to grow, grow and just keep feeding the system is what you're saying. Absolutely. Keep feeding it. That's good. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Good stuff. What you got, that man? I'm just listening to these guys. <laughs> <clears throat> no, uh, I, I really, I'm impressed with the with the operation they got going on mm -hmm. over there. I really am. You know, all educating the coaches and the players and everybody. I mean, that really says a lot for for an organization. Yeah, yeah. we have uh, also players in development, and that's uh, that's a, that that happens every month. It's on a, like a webinar uh, mm -hmm. from the Houston uh, Dynamo Academy uh, in Houston, and um, Paul Holliker, who's the academy director there, he always puts that on, and and that allows uh, our our club, our coaches, and anyone involved in our in our staff or parents as well. They can kind of chime in and 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 listen to different uh, high level coaches. Uh, from around the world and it's always somebody from academy it's always about youth it's always about development it's always about training it's it's always about that um where parents can really listen in and coaches can listen in and and just hear those and sometimes we have to record them because people are like kind of working at those hours yeah. because it's kind of in the day yeah. and so uh th that's a way that they can listen in and, and be further educated as well good stuff so <clears throat> I'm a, you can correct me if I'm wrong or not, but I'm, like I said before, I wanted always wanted my kids to play soccer because I believe it just gives you that hand-eye coordination at a very young age. It's one of the few sports where you could literally roll a ball out to a one-year-old or two-year-old and they could just start kicking it around, just learning how to play. So how does what what is the naturally part of soccer that, uh, that, that kind of aids in developing an athlete at an early age as compared to other sports? Yeah, I think uh, just showing players – uh, the small details of the game first and foremost, mm -hmm. right? 
Uh, and then giving a player maybe some homework to take. And we have uh, a program in our club called Soccer Starts at Home. Okay. And uh, the, man, we, they got all the programs. We, we, y'all, we got part- it fi- y'all got it figured out. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Y'all got it figured out over there, man. Where <laughs> where we have where we have um, and uh, you know skill moves mm-hmm. for for players and parents for in, in, in for, for the very very young kid uh, that wants to learn and develop the game and for the parent that wants to teach their player as well. And so uh, those are little skill moves. Uh, so a play, let's just say a parent wants to teach their player how to do certain skill moves and be more familiar with the ball. Mm-hmm. And so these are skill moves that, that come out all the time, and it allows the player, and parent and player to see this, to watch this, and actually practice it. You know, they could be in their home, they could be in their garage, they mm-hmm. in their backyard. And, and then uh, a lot of those things are, are brought to training. And, and then they work on that. And we're having homework for our players, too, as well, to take home, especially our, our young players, uh, a skill move. And they take it home, and they come back, and they come back the next day at, at training, and they need to work on that move. And then they show us that move, and, and they get really excited about that as well. It's good. So homework, huh? Might, you <laughs> give my boy some homework when you walk out, yeah. the, uh, when you walk out the door. <laughs> so how are you guys managing to hold the player retention when they, as kids get older with soccer and y'all particularly? You know, once you get up to that seventh and eighth grade, you get the pull from the other sports more because they're in middle school. So how do you how are y'all managing that? Well, the best that we can, right? Yeah. Um, uh, we the first and foremost, we want to stay true to what we do, mm-hmm. um, and that's that stick to development. And those players that um, maybe may a middle school, maybe say high school starts, and maybe uh, you have a player there that's just not in high school yet, and we, we want to keep them training and we want to keep those same age group training uh, players training as well. Um, so we have a little uh, training sessions for them uh, also. Mm-hmm. Um, but also um, just 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 having our coaches um, uh, monitor the players that we do have, okay. knowing where they are, um, staying in contact with them, staying communicating with them. Um, because we do, we want to keep that retention really good. And it's called monitoring before, let's just say, because n- normally doing a tryout before that tryout period, we want to definitely have our uh, really good communication on our players. Okay. Cause you know, at doing before trials, people are thinking, well, you know, what am I going to do? If I'm going to stay, if I'm going to go, whatever. But we want to keep in, staying in constant communication with our players, knowing where they are, um, uh, having team camaraderie, com- bonding things together. Uh, and that, and that's really what keeps your your players together. It's that know, team, team, that family. There are, there are legitimate options for players today, more so than than in the, in the past, to play beyond high school. Mm-hmm. You know, whether it's collegiately or professionally, um, even on the women's side, there's a lot more professional opportunities for 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 female players too. So, you know, players, uh, you know, you they they need to keep keeping the game if they love the game and they want to play beyond high school. Okay. So how do, so area on y'all particular area, what is the map? Like, is there a map drawn with people with more kids that I could come play with the Gulf Coast soccer? What particular area do you have to be in? There's no geographic area. I mean, okay. you can go play for any club that you want. You know, there are okay. kids here that travel to Houston to be on clubs if they want to, you know, so there's no geographic boundary. It's just, uh, you know, you, you know, I guess the people that are closer to you, it's easier, more convenient for them. Mm-hmm. So, like, somebody in Beaumont could come play down in, in your – okay, so it's not like Little League Baseball where you restricted to no, this particular no. area that you have to play. Okay. No. no. So how are y'all reaching all the communities around to, to you know, to spread? Because it seems like, I mean, y'all got a lot of good stuff going on. 
It's just hard work and word of mouth and yeah. going out and proving it on the field. That's that's yeah. you know, that's what we try to work on every day and in, in developing the coaches and, and developing the players and every day go out and try to be the best you can be and be better than you were yesterday. Because right? so. <laughs> it's, a, it's a lot of talented you know kids out there that just don't know where to play soccer. We'll yeah. take Port Arthur, for example. It's right. Soccer is nothing. I didn't even didn't, I grew up in Port Arthur, never heard of soccer. Not I heard of it, but it was no leagues to play. Yeah. Didn't know anything about on, the league to play. On that, Port okay. Specifically, though, so you know we we do have probably twenty five percent of our players okay. from Port Arthur. Yeah, I would uh, think so. But it should be more because they're a bigger community. So, yeah. But we are working on on that. Yeah. So most of y'all players pulling from just the whole mid county area right now. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna have to send my boys down there and see what they bring let them bring them on. So, so look, we have right. another question here, Ernest. All right, read it. Dad. This is this goes to the coaching end of things. It's from Chris Hanna. Okay. At what age and effort should you involve agility training in your team's training? I think uh, you do that as uh, as early as possible um, because speed and agility is is critical um, uh, for the athlete. Period. Um, hand you know foot and hand and just coordination um but i think that's that's uh that's an important part of the development of a player yes speed and agility uh and we do it early we do it early we do it early we do um lots of things with core and and just just understanding our body you know because yeah. kids are growing they're awkward the bodies mm-hmm. are awkward yeah so helping them with agility is very important we know soccer you need to be agile so right. um that, that introducing that at an early age is important and we do do that in our clubs yeah because unfortunately there's a lot of these kids these days that sit around and play Fortnite and stuff for, <laughs> for hours and hours yeah. and then they just pop up out of this chair and it's like go play baseball or go go to soccer practice right. they've been sitting they've been sitting their butt behind a tv screen That's all day long that if y'all can't tell <laughs> <laughs> but it's not no i mean it, it's it's a worldwide epidemic yeah. <laughs> as yeah. far as i'm concerned well, well speed and agility is very important during that peak growth growth year so for girls that's usually from 10 to 13 or 14 okay for boys it's probably from 11 to 12 I'm up to 16 and then obviously when they get a little bit older it's more for injury prevention too right and things like that yeah so. yeah don't get me started on all that in things because i'm worried i'm worried about our youth <laughs> I, I really am yeah I, I see it too i see you know they they need more um focus on you know uh, stretching and mm. proper stretching right and and that, that's really important i mean um, as a professional athlete myself, I mean, if I if I fail to really uh, stretch well and do the dynamic stretches that I needed to do as an athlete, I wouldn't have played as long as as I yeah. did. No, yeah, all. yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Just injury prevention. Yes, I learned about I didn't learn about stretching until I was thirty doing CrossFit, and I realized how <laughs> unmobile I was oh, in life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I see some young players. I mean, very young, I mean, little kids. I mean, ten year old. I mean, mm-hmm. can't even nose, can't touch the knee, or they can't, yeah. they can't. It's just yeah. not agile at all. Right. And I just believe it's just encouraging like that. Was saying just encouraging kids to play. Mm-hmm. Like encouraging them to play, just be kids and be natural. Because kids, a kid know how to naturally squat. That's like right. you tell a kid to squat, they squat down perfect form. Yeah. But somewhat down the line, like you said, that mobility is lost by not proper training, proper stress, and everything like that. So like that's so I turn that TV off. So y'all just go play. Just play yeah. outside. I mean, yeah. it's, you ain't got to right. do nothing serious. You just go run around, yep. jump, kick a pine cone, do something. Because I'm gonna tell you, like some of these kids that I see. Um, you get them to run 
a little <laughs> bit of a distance, and they're just winded. You know, yeah. you could have swore you just they just did a hundred meter racing against uh, Hussein Bolt or something. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, I'm just saying, you know, that's how out of out of out of shape I think these kids are getting. Yeah, uh, and it's just it's just our um, it's our the way things well, have gone. Well, parents got the, the parents gonna realize y'all got control, right? But these people that make these games are really really smart people. Yeah, yeah. you know, I mean, they keep they've got these kids on them. You know, on a hold. Look, man, Absolutely. I'm a firm believer as a parent, you could take the remote, turn the TV off, yeah. take that, the no, game, no, no, and put them true. up. That's yeah. true. That's true. And I do agree with you. <laughs> and then the kid has one thing to do. You want to have fun. But you got, what? You, Go do play. Have, you got parents out there that, that are probably happy the kids are in there playing the game because yeah. they don't have to mess with them. Right. Yeah. You go outside. <laughs> yeah. That's outside. what I tell them. Go outside. Y'all, y'all making too yeah. much noise in the house. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm lucky my kids having bars. We, we had a five minute conversation before we walked out. I said, whatever y'all do, do not come in the studio and mess up my uh, recording podcast. So they they being good out there. So I'm, yeah, they probably tearing that hallway up yeah, right now. But right, <laughs> yeah, it's all right. As long as they don't bust in here. So how can uh, how can guys get in touch? How can everybody parents get in touch with your particular uh, Gulf Coast soccer and get involved and start uh, and start getting their kids active in playing soccer? When does the season start? When does it end? And when do y'all run y'all lease schedule and all that throughout the year? Give them all that rundown, Daryl. <laughs> look, that's look, that's Daryl. I ain't. I ain't well, there's a website, and there's a Facebook page, and there's a Twitter page, so you can connect with us in, in those ways. Uh, we're going through registration right now for the spring season. It's kind of coming to an end, but you could probably still get in uh, in some age groups for sure. And then we'll start back up again uh, for the fall. They'll be holding registration for that usually okay. in May and June, and so that'll be right around the corner and be starting that starting that back up. So it's still, so you still get in. When does the spring season start? It'll start in early April. Early April? Okay. Early well, some teams are already playing. It depends on the level, right? The level? The, the recreational, which is the big bulk of players, they'll start mm-hmm. in early April. Okay. Do y'all have any – do y'all offer camps or anything like that during the summertime or – Definitely. Yeah, Roy runs a camp in the summer. Okay. I'm going to have to get in on that. Yes, sir. Get in on there. So, <laughs> Gulf Coast Soccer. So, Roy, I'm going to you, played all over the world, right? Costa Rica, played with a lot of bunch of people. Who is the most – the toughest soccer guy you played against? The most talented – on your team and the toughest you played against? I was assuming it would be a defender, so. Yeah, Eddie Pope, I would say, tough. He's a U.S. Uh, he's American. Okay. Uh, uh, U.S. national team player. Uh, played in the U.S. a lot. But, um, Hall of Fame player. Um, many World Cups, two or three probably. Um, he was probably, he's probably the hardest one. He's, you know, when I was, when we were teammates, I, I always wanted him to, to mark with me. I always wanted that. He was the toughest one to get by. And I knew if I worked with him and if I got past him a couple times, and that was a good day, I got past him a couple times, well, then, and he was the best. And I knew if I, when I played somebody else, then I was, I was, I was going to, I was going to get past him, yeah. you know? So I'm, I'm working with the hardest defender out there, um, athlete fast strong just like somebody me. that can just manhandle Man, yeah just like me and i'm gonna have to think a lot because mm-hmm. you can't outrun you can't outrun you can't out muscle everybody no 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 i mean you're quick with your mind mm-hmm. right you're quick you anticipate with the mind and that even though i may be fast 
but if somebody's thinking faster than me, they are faster. You know, mm, they, they know they, what to do. They anticipate faster. If ball's coming over the top, they're already moving. Yeah, I'm looking at the ball. I'm getting ready to run because I know I'm fast. But he's already read that move, and he's and already know made where the ball move. is at. So he he looks kind of fast because he thinks faster. Mm, yeah. Okay, good stuff. What about so that'd be the most toughest guy you played that'd against? That'd be the toughest guy I played against. Okay. Yes. What's the most interesting place you played? Um, this is some rapid fire questions. <laughs> um, interesting, interesting. Uh, I would say Shanghai. Shanghai, okay. Shanghai, China. Yeah, now this was this is this place. You know, everybody got bicycles, all looking the same with different license plates, and I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> really? And you go down, you know, the shops and all that kind of stuff. You know how on TV they got you know the animals and all that kind of yeah. stuff. Oh, that's for real. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah, yeah. That's for real. It's a fresh yeah. market. It ain't like going to H E B. No, they going no, to Walmart. No, yeah, no, no, none <laughs> no. of that. I mean, it's whack in the bag. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it was that was very interesting. So is that kind of a culture shock for an American player? So, you know, they have you know a lot of times to make the money. You go overseas and play in these different countries. Is it a culture shock going over there to play in different countries like that? It Just is. being from America, where everything is so. We spoiled. Let's just be real. We spoiled here in America. We don't every we got everything at the corner that we need. So well, well being on the national team and just being in professional soccer, I've been to twenty different countries. Mm. So I've I've went through a couple passports already. But <laughs> you know, I've uh, I've gone to a lot of them where they are seriously interesting. Um, uh, China was was one. Hong Kong was another one. Um, you know, these places were um, just just. Like I, I would never see those in the United States, right? Mm-hmm. But having that uh, cultural education, having that ability to be part of that, just broadened my mind a little bit more, oh, okay. right? It just, it just um, gave me a little bit knowledge of other other people's culture, how they are. Um, just dealing with other people, the same makes way you a better well. person. Gives you a whole different perspective. But, on but the people were very good. Yeah, right. The people were really, really good. Um, you know, England and uh, Sweden and, and Italy and you know Russia and you know all these places that I've been and they, they were really, really good. And and I learned a lot there. You know, I was able to learn, you know, Spanish and learn a little bit of Italian too as well. Okay. So, so um, I know there a lot of those other countries. The fans can get pretty, pretty radical. Which country do you feel like the the fans were just like? The most radical, over the top. <laughs> I've seen some crazy YouTube videos. I would say Costa Rica. They were crazy. <laughs> um, yeah, Costa Rica was really you yeah, know, they're, some, some radical. They're pretty passionate over there. Yeah, yeah. Central America, South America too. You know, um, Bolivia and you know Venezuela, where, where I went. Um, they were extremely. Argentina, I mm-hmm. went there. Um, they can be very, very passionate about. Oh yeah. Them. I mean, they're throwing batteries and coins and Man. Uh, <laughs> bags of urine, you know, just, just all kinds and of it's, stuff. And it seems like that fanhood and soccer in different countries is inherited. Like, you were born into rooting for this team. Like, this is all you're going to root for. Your, your grandparents were. Your grandparents were. And then before them were, like, the Manchester. I'd say because Manchester United, like, that's it. This is all you're going to root for. You don't root for no other team. You don't want no other jerseys. And it's like a, a passion I've never seen before. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, city stops. City shuts down. Everybody stops. Mm-hmm. Ain't nobody going to work. Yeah. I mean, I mean this, these, these, these games become critical, especially at the national team level. They become critical. Every, everybody's zoomed in on that. Everybody's paying attention to that. 
while U.S. we just all right, just an ordinary day, yeah. you know, uh, whatever. Who's playing today? Who's playing? Yeah, what's <laughs> yeah. what's next? Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. basketball. Oh no, I ain't got time to watch my team yeah, tonight. Yeah. They got eighty-two other games they about to play. Uh, in these other countries, everybody knows what day that game is played, who they're playing, and what time they're playing. Everybody knows. Yeah, everybody. That's good. That's some good stuff. A lot of I bet you got a lot of interesting stories that that could go on forever on a whole nother whole nother time, place, and day. Yeah, just really. digging deeper into the. Uh, until you guys hit. But switching back to soccer before we uh, we run up against that time. But I still got some more personal questions I want to know. So always just, just thinking about positions soccer-wise, when does a kid normally lock into the position that they were going, like they were going to play? Like, for example, you have a kid that played goalie. Do you get locked in a goalie to where you can't develop at other positions? It kind of like is that, a, a, is that like a separate skill, kind of like a kick and field goals where you have to just sacrifice everything else to just dedicate that time to being a goalie? Usually a player will gravitate to what they like okay. to do. Where they usually will gravitate to being a defender or they'll they'll go and gravitate and want to go play forward and want to score goals or they want to play out in the wing so they mm-hmm. can go one v one against a player or they like defending or they like goalkeeping, you know. Um but uh, I think us coaches uh start to look at the player and see where they're best fit um, okay. for themselves. We try not to do it for a team thing. We try to do it for that player, that individual player, especially as they get older. Okay. And as they get into college, as they get into high school, sorry, as they get into high school, then they need to hone in on one or two. What particular one, position one, they going to play? One or two. Okay. It, it, it's good to have variety. It's good to be versatile. It's good to be able to play. A soccer player should be able to play all all the positions on the mm-hmm. field, at least know them. There are going to be some, you know, you may ask me, Roy, you're a striker, but I need you to go play left back. I won't play it as good as I know how to play the striker, but I'll know what to do in know that position. Know what to do in that position. So in our club, you know, uh, player development is is really critical. We have a player development model, too, as well, where it uh, it illustrates what the characteristics are for that position. Let's just say a forward. Here's mm-hmm. the characteristics of a forward. They're good with playing with their back towards the goal. They're good at trapping. They're good at playing the ball and moving off the ball. They, they're good at going 1v1 against players. Um, when they lose the ball, they have to track back, you know, and yeah. being a defensive posture. Defensive posture. That's right. Okay. Instead of just staying up top, I lost the ball, so what? No, we get, we get back. So that's having the ball and not having the ball. So we teach that at Gulf Coast as well. Okay. Okay. So it's kind of what I'm getting. It's kind of a, a mix between coaches look, assessing the skill, the position the kids love, and just developing them at that point. Correct. And don't get too locked in too early. Not too early, no. Okay. Not at cool. all. I mean, that's what they, that's what kids, that's what, you know, sometimes coaches like to do that. Well, you playing this, this is the only position no, you play. No, that's, that's like detrimental, really. Yeah. You, you let them play many, many positions. You can learn a, learn a game overall from Correct. every aspect. Make sure you're a better player. Correct. So, good stuff. So, now comes to the point of the show that everybody loves that. Yeah. So, I don't, you know, normally I do my little show notes. I send it out, have a little brief, uh, you know, give kind of give a summation of what we're going to talk about. But now I like to put people on the spot at the end of the show. So, first, if you, uh, so is that, what's the website again? So, kids get, uh, so parents can get onto the uh, Gulf Coast uh, soccer website? They can just Gulf Coast, they can Google Gulf Coast, Google Gulf Coast soccer. soccer. Club, okay. GCYSC.com. GCYSC.com and Twitter account, same thing. Twitter. It's at GC Soccer. I think 1981 is the uh, founding year. So it's GC Soccer 1981. Okay. All right. Make sure you guys Google that. Check out the website. We will have all that information on the, uh, on a Facebook page, so they can reach out to you guys, get involved with your uh, with your soccer program. I'm 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 impressed. 
in regards to like talking about how you develop. I'm all about developing the, you know, developing a child and developing a kid and teaching them the fundamentals. That's my biggest thing. I figure if a kid learns the fundamentals now, it it just aids them better at, better as they age and get older in the sport. So like Tim Duncan, what they call him the big fundamental. <laughs> I mean, he couldn't be stopped. It was a basic turnaround, shoot off the backboard, but he averaged 25 yeah. points and 10 rebounds his career doing that fundamentals. Made so, a lot of money doing made it. Made a lot of money doing it. So good. So it's, I hear a lot of good things from you guys' program, just the overall development of not just a player, but having the resources for the parent to actually help develop the player further at home because a lot of American parents don't know a lot about soccer. A lot of us didn't play soccer. My kids play soccer, and I just don't – I'm like, well, now I'm I'm Googling stuff on YouTube. How can I help them get better at this? How can I help them get better at that? But the the fact that your organization provides those tools for parents as well to kind of help support your methodology and coaching is real good. It's a real good plus. You have a better program because of that. That's right. We try. We try. We try. Y'all try? try. Hey, man. That's all you can do is try. That's right. You can lead a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. So we can try and let the people come. That's right. All right, so I'll let y'all decide who's going to go first. What I like to do is always kind of give the words of wisdom. You're like something that you want to leave the people with to take home, like something to think about and just kind of digest as they go forward throughout the week to kind of end the podcast with. So who wants to go first? Go ahead, Roy. Uh, <laughs> so, Roy, what you want to leave the people with, Roy? So Derek can kind of – we'll give Daryl another let question. The, let the pro go first. Let the pro go first. <laughs> okay, all right. Thanks, thanks for putting me out there. Thanks for putting me out there. Okay, for me, it, you know, I, I build a lot of things around soccer because I, that's just something I, I just know and I, and I have a lot of passion for. But for me, for any athlete, and it doesn't have to be for athletics, um, to win the battle, you got to have your armor. There to you win go. the battle, you got to have your armor. You got to be ready for that. And so that I, I say that for, for soccer, you know, to, to get out there and, and be able to compete and be able to, to try to win the game, you got to be armed up. You got to be have your tools ready. You got to have your, your training has to be intact. And, and you and you got to be ready and you got to be prepared. So uh, to 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 be able to to win a battle, you got to be prepared and, and ready for that. And that and that's just that's in life, too. You got to just kind of be be prepared and be ready for things. And you can usually tackle anything that, that comes your way. There you go. Some good stuff. Right yeah, there. I like that, Roy. There you go. Speaking All right. Darryl, my language. What you got, Daryl? I'm just. <laughs> well, I think I think for me, what we try to do is is just continuously try to get try to get better at everything we do every day and mm-hmm. it's all about the players if the players are not enjoying themselves if they're not improving if they're not getting better if they're not advancing well we're not doing what they're asking us to do or trusting us to do so we try to focus all of our efforts on those things and part of that is bringing in experienced high-level coaches and players to to be a mentor for them and and share their experiences with them to help them let them believe that they can be whatever they want to be if they if they dream it and they work hard at it and then as an organization just try to keep investing in the resources that 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 can make it make it a better environment for the for the kids and that means bringing in more coaches right that mm-hmm. that that have a bigger and broader view of the game. Sorry. Oh, no, we Will's worried. Will's worried about that microphone to hold, but hey, it yeah. fell on us in the last yeah. two minutes, so that's good. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much you know how I would how I would sum it up. Just keep working and trying to get better as an organization and hiring good people to bring them in to to help us do the things that maybe we can't do in house or ourselves. Yeah. And one thing I like about what you said is that if a kid is not enjoying it or not having fun, you can say, what are we doing? to not provide this kid the resources to get better. And that's, and that's just key. I remember Ben Bergeron always says that 
is if somebody's not progressing in their workouts, he looks at himself, doesn't blame the person. So what am I not providing this person yeah. to where they're not enjoying that's the sport? Yeah. That's correct. Falls back on the coach. And that's why coaching education and coaching mentorship is the biggest job. And that's mm. why Roy doesn't directly coach teams himself. He coaches the coaches, right? And you need somebody to coach the coaches. The coaches are his teams. Yeah. 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 So, yeah. That's right. That's right. It's a lot that's of people awesome. to manage, but hey. It is. So, man, one, I just want to thank you guys for coming onto the show and yeah. uh, actually give a round of applause. You guys were the first ones to be in the new studio. Yep. Oh, awesome. We literally, awesome. I literally came in at five thirty today, and we was and uh, the guys were finishing wrapping it up. The A to Z guys who kind of oversee all this, finishing wrapping everything up, putting everything together. So, this is y'all the first guests we had in our new studio in twenty twenty one. We appreciate yep. y'all guys coming on. Yeah, thanks for having yeah man. Thanks thank a lot. You. This was a really interesting show. And it's yeah, and definitely have you guys come back on and uh and talk some more soccer and just some more methodology and just you know just continue to just. I would like to see the game grow more in Southeast Texas. And it comes by just getting getting it out there, getting it popular, putting it in front of people because we got a lot of kids that enjoy playing soccer. That is, that is um, amen to that, brother. A lot of kids that enjoy playing soccer need that right coaching and right direction That's to keep them in and going in the right direction. So, all right, thank you guys for coming. And uh, thank you out there for listening to the show. Once again, you can find us on MOF Podcast on Instagram. YouTube, Master Fitness Podcast, uh, Facebook, Master Fitness Podcast. We finally got over 500, yeah. 500 uh, YouTube subscribers. So we kind of, we that was a big deal for us. You know, we've been pushing, <laughs> pushing, pushing. We finally got over that hump. So I continue to download us on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, YouTube, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you watch anything at, you can find us there. We're available. So once again, thank you guys for coming on the show. And, uh, We'll be seeing y'all next time. Cue the cool drop. Drop, drop, drop.